0: Life of influence isn't achieved overnight. It's, it's built through consistent application of wisdom and hard work. In my brand new book, 120 Minutes to Live Big, I provide you with 120 bite-sized nuggets of insights on practical topics such as marriage and finances, as well as wisdom for personal growth and leadership development. Then I ask you some very penetrating questions that help you reflect and apply what you've learned. This book will stimulate self-examination provide fuel for personal transformation. The best thing about it is I'm offering this book to you absolutely free. That's right. A free copy of 120 Minutes to Live Big mailed to you as a gift. I'll also give you 30-day access to my growth lab, a program designed to help you grow from good to great, mediocre to extraordinary, from small to big. It's my prayer that this gift leaves you with a burning desire to be better and become everything that God wants you to be. So if you want to live a life that overflows and blesses others, this gift is just for you. Claim your free book and, and get uh, your free 30-day access to my growth lab. To do that, all you have to do is visit dgmfree.com. That's dgmfree.com. You were made to think big, do big, with it. But tomorrow can be bigger. Let's grow, let your word overflow. Yeah. Live a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Live a life bigger than
1: yourself. You've tuned in to the Live Big broadcast with Derek Greer, pastor of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. God's word is powerful and full of life. It opens your eyes to how big God is and how big life in him can be. We pray that today's teaching compels you to grow and live a life bigger than yourself. Download this message and more at GraceChurchBA.org. Here's Dr. Greer with today's Live Big message.
0: Those that get the greatest reward live closest to Jesus. They hear his thoughts. They hear his heartbeat. They know his mind. When God's thinking about a new universe to create, uh, somehow he lets us overhear his thinking and his planning, and he might even bring us to the table and let us inject. I don't know how that's going to work. I'm over my pay grade right here. But what I am saying is this life is not it, and we got to live like it's not it, Matthew 25 and 20. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look. He's excited. I gained five more talents beside them. You see, all God was looking for was a little progress. See, I may not be exactly where I want to be, but I'm not where I started. And one of the problems you're going to discover a little bit later is one of these men stayed where he started. Matter of fact, he never got started. And we're going to really dig into that in a minute. Verse 21. And his Lord said to him, Well done. The phraseology there is not really captured well in English because uh, I, I, maybe we don't have the language. But in the Greek, it's a superlative. And it expresses the highest praise possible. So when this master said well done to his servant, It was like, you know, giving a 10 to 20 minute standing ovation saying, bravo, 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 and and really celebrating what this man accomplished. And Zephaniah digs into this just a little bit. In 3 and 17, he said, God rejoices over us with singing. Meaning God is excited about us. God celebrates us. And when we do right, man, he's not up there, well, you missed this little thing. No, no, he is celebrating and he's excited. You really, a lot of folks don't know God. They just think he's a little petty God picking up, you know, oh, you missed this one thing and and I'm going to kick you. No, 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 that's not his heart. He looks for opportunities to celebrate and to pray. That's the heart of any good father, looks for an opportunity to praise the child. As a father, that's what I've done. For, for my oldest is 19, the other is, is 17. I looked, and I had to look hard sometimes, for opportunities to praise him. And you got sometimes you got to study. I mean, you got to really, really look. But when I found the thing, I said, good job, boy, and what's amazing... It's after a few attaboys, they started doing better. Then that thing expanded. They started doing better in other but Yeah, but, but here's also the deal you can't always kick them in the pants. I don't know, I got way off on parenting. But if you're not making deposits, don't make withdrawals. A lot of parents are overdrawn. You've not made the proper investment, that's why your kid's upset and can't receive from you. Make the investment and you can make the withdrawal. Sometimes as a parent, I am super intentional. They don't know it. I'm pissed off at it. Oops. I said that the second time I said that. But you know, the way I handle that is by spending time with them. And then I'll spend enough time to finally bring it up. You got to learn how to roll it out. If you don't want your kids to rebel and go in the wrong direction. Well, the master said to the servant, well done. Now, some of us are going to hear that, and I'm excited. Because if you look at the proportions, two of the three men heard this. But for some of us, we're not going to hear well done. God's going to be like, well? (laughs) All I gave you and what? He said, well Done. Meaning this guy didn't just pray about it. He went about it and he did it. Number six. We will never finish what we don't start. The secret to getting ahead. Let me, let me give it to you real, real quick. Is getting started. He said, well done, good and faithful servant. Again, God gives credit where credit is. Is, is is due and everyone might not always appreciate me everyone may not always praise me but as long as the lord does i'm good i'm good i'm good so you were faithful over a few things this is where you see the wealth of this 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 master because if uh one and a quarter million dollars is just a little bit in a few things this guy was was a person of means so you were faithful over a few things I will make you ruler over what? Many things. Number seven, big things come out of doing small things well. Important. And then he says something that to our ears, we may not understand the import in the first century. He said, enter into the joy of the Lord. This was shocking to the original hearer because a, a, a master would never, ever spoil a slave by giving him or her their own prerogatives and pleasures. That's, that's a certain way to ruin a slave. And, and here's the deal with the Bible, and that's why Jesus has to take license within these parables, is because you know, the kingdom of heaven is so expansive, it's so incredible that, that no one parable can get it all said. There's there's no one metaphor that we understand now that could say everything. So God had to have Jesus tell tell dozens of parables in order for us to, to really capture all that the kingdom of heaven is. Verse 22. And he also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I've gained two more talents beside them. And then the Lord rewarded the man with two talents just like he had The last, the two men had different gifts, but they showed an equal amount of diligence. It's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog that God rewards. Skip to 24. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, this is something else. If you lived in this time, you didn't speak to your master this way. And his response is basically blaming the Lord. Lord, I know that you are a hard man. You know, you just can't help some people. Because no matter what you do, they're going to twist it and come up with some excuse not to do the right thing. He said, Lord, I know or knew you to be a hard man. Instead of accepting responsibility for his own deeds, he blamed the Lord for giving him the talent. Along the line, he kind of swallowed a lie that many of us have swallowed. That somehow life is supposed to be easy. Here's something I know a past for a long time. Unrealistic expectations have destroyed more marriages than adultery. People thinking that it's just supposed to drop out of heaven. It's just a a wonderful life, man. You just show up and it happens. You you read those harlequin romances and and you actually believe the pages. Lord, help you. Help you. Happiness is spelled W-O-R-K. And like I, I said earlier, everything of value is typically on the other side of heart. And if it's worth it, there's going to be some hard moments. But this guy thought his life was supposed to be easy. So he balked at the idea of risk and, and, and managing and, and coming up with ideas. Let's keep moving. He said, Lord, I know you to be a hard man. It's is pretty serious. Reaping where you've not sown and gathering where you, you have not scattered. Now, now, he used the first century language here to charge the ma- master with being hard and un- un- unreasonable and, and just, just hard to please. If I was the Lord and my servant came up and said this to me, I start speaking in my native language, not my born again language. I start speaking... I'd be like, mother, father, <laughs> stay with me now. <laughs> Son of a butcher. <laughs> no, this the, the people hearing the parable, this is what they were thinking. You need to deal with that servant, you, you need to beat that servant. Because the, the anger is rising up in those hearing. Because a servant just didn't do this to a master. Then he said, and I was afraid. As if being a wuss is somehow an appropriate explanation. If being a coward was an adequate excuse for his inaction. He said, I was afraid. Well, buddy, join the club. We're all afraid. Life is scary. We all face things that are a little hard to deal with. Number eight. Sometimes all we can do is face what scares us until it doesn't. I wish I could say to you that, you know, I wake up every morning and, and I deal with fear and I'm never afraid. The reality is sometimes you got to do it afraid. And the bottom line is you just got to do what you got to do. Whether you feel happy, whether you feel, you just got to do what you got to do. But not this servant. He felt he was the exception. That life was supposed to be easy for him. He wasn't supposed to deal with fear. He wasn't supposed to take risks like other people. He wasn't supposed to deal with the potential of possible failure. He, he, he He was special. He said he was afraid. And because of it, he went and hid his talent in the ground. Number nine, you need to stop hiding and start living. Stop hiding. Start living. Great achievements require great risk. Then he came back to the master like he did something. He said, look, there you have what's Yours. Now, it is true that this one man did receive less than the other two servants. The problem was he exaggerated the impact. This is important. Number 10. Excuses are the fastest road to nowhere. And this man was traveling 150 miles an hour. It won't get better. Just stay with me, though. 26. You need this. But his Lord answered him and said, Mother, father. (laughs) Almost, though. Almost. Almost. He's more eloquent. He said, you wicked rage is building up in the master. You wicked. This man was not out at strip clubs somewhere. He wasn't out stealing tires, but the Lord called him wicked. You see, the problem is not always what you're doing, but what you're not doing. Number 11, sin is not only what you do, but sometimes what you neglect to do. And some of us, we go to church, we're good people. We manage our lives perfectly. But because we don't take risks, because we're special people not supposed to experience pain, not supposed to go through anything because we're just so wonderful. Because of that, we don't risk anything. We don't venture anything. And God calls that, even though you go to church, wicked. Even though you don't get high, even though, you know, you don't curse and and smoke and sleep around, God calls you wicked. Am I in the book or am I not? He said, you wicked. And when God goes, I mean, this is God. I mean, he's kind and loving. When he starts calling them, you deserve it. You deserve it when he starts going here. He said, you wicked and lazy, lazy servant. Laziness says, if I can't reach it, I must not need it. You know, if it's not convenient, it must not be for me. How many of y'all know some lazy Christians Run into one bump? Oh, it must not be God's will. What? Last I checked, the will of God caused people to beat Jesus in the back, nail him in the hands. Last I checked, it caused the apostles to be shipwrecked, left for dead, stone. The will of God is fraught with danger. The will of God is a bumpy road and there will be challenges in your way. You better get used to it. And don't use that excuse just because you you you're ran into some problems and some challenges that it must not be God. Who's your God. God, I serve strong enough to bear it, strong enough to take it, strong enough to get through it. He said, you wicked and lazy servant. You knew because you said it. He said, this is what he said. He's just repeating his word. You knew that I reap where I'm not sown. You know, I make a way out of no way and gather where I'm not scattered. You know, nothing's too hard for the Lord. But you wanted to play a savior, You refused to face pressure. You didn't want to deal with the pressure of, of seeing if it worked out and making the, those various impressions. You didn't feel like dealing with the strain. Let me tell you something. When you live by faith, you're going to deal with pressure. When you step out for God, you're going to deal with some pressure. But this servant was just too good to deal with a little pressure that made him uncomfortable, deal with uncertainty, deal with challenge, deal with risk. He was above all that. Watch where all this ends up. And Jesus said, okay, 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 okay. Okay, I'll give you that, okay. I'm gonna I'm 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 try to meet you here. Um, you said you were scared and, you know, I'm incredible and you're not. Okay, I got that. Um, the least you could have done, fella, is um, you ought to have deposited my money with uh, bankers. You could have at least, te- if you couldn't do it, at least team up with someone. Right. Who could? Because you didn't really care about my success. You didn't really care about my blessing, my prosperity. It was all about you being safe. The only reason why I've discovered some of my gifts is I had to get past me. It was not safe for my inexperienced self to get up there trying to talk to somebody about Jesus. But I, I felt that, you know what, Lord, the, the only way that person could be reached, if I open up my mouth, I might not be the greatest instrument, but dear God, if you could use anything, Lord, please use me this day. And I had to get over me to bless my Lord. So you, you ought to at least, you know, deposit with the bankers. And, and at my coming, I would have received back my own with what? Interest. What is what is being said here is really important because, you know, around this time, the Romans and, and stuff, you know, the, the, the interest varied and it was kind of set by the government, if you will, uh, between five and eight and a half percent or so. That was roughly where the interest rates were. And Jews couldn't lend to other Jews, but they could uh, lend to, to Gentiles here. And what the Lord was saying is, I would have settled for just a few percent. I mean, even if you couldn't do as good as those other guys, at least do something. His problem was not inability, it was unwillingness. That was the problem in the heart of a servant. Then Jesus says, take the talent from him. This is why some people keep getting more and others keep shrinking. Take the talent from him and give it to him who has 10 talents. Use it or lose it. Why should God give us any more if we're not already working with what we have? For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. This may disappoint some of you, but we see here Jesus was not a socialist. But from him, who does not have even what he has, watch this, will be taken away. If an investor is smart enough not to invest in something unprofitable, why would we expect God? Number 12, if you want more from God, first do more with what you have. Verse 30 and I'm through. And this is where Jesus goes completely gangster. He just goes nuts. And cast the unprofitable service. See, the issue is unprofitableness. We have a not-for-profit mentality with God. We have a good-for-nothing, not you, your neighbor, a good-for-nothing mentality. Lord just loves me. I don't have to do nothing. No, no, no. If you love him, you will do something. If you really love him. You'll use your gift. You'll care about his profit. You'll recognize you might be the only one in your neighborhood on your block that knows God the way you know him. And if you don't say something, they never going to know. And and his kingdom's never going to get larger. And cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. And he said, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, you may have read this casually in the past and thought, you know what? This is probably overkill. Why would God do this? All he was, was afraid. Well, that's part of your problem. You think fear is an excuse. In God's economy, it's not. Actually, the Bible says it's the cowards that will live outside the gates of the new Jerusalem. It takes a level of strength to walk this walk and live this life. But just in case a few of you still think it might be overkill. How many of you have lent somebody a hundred dollars and they didn't pay you back? Oh boy, that's a lot of hands. (laughs) How'd you feel about that? What did you want to do with the person? Particularly when you watched them buy a hundred dollar pair of shoes now, you, uh, listen, if they couldn't get it back to you, you could almost forgive that. Right, right. But, but they're going out to the movies, they, they, they're buying cars and houses and, yeah. This wasn't $100 or $1,000. This was 1.25 plus million dollars. Intentionally, intentionally, the dude intentionally hit it. He, he had options, but he hit it intentionally squandered by a man. Here's, here's the rub that refused to say he was sorry. Instead, he made excuses. He said, Lord, I repent. Oh, God, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Jesus would have fixed that.
1: You've been listening to Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer, the radio broadcast ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. It is our sincere prayer that you are blessed and empowered to live big. Listen to this message and much more from Dr. Greer for free at gracechurchva.org. We also invite you to join Dr. Greer and the Grace Church family here in Dumfries, Virginia, not far from Quantico Marine Base. We would love to meet you and have you join us for worship, teaching, and fellowship every Sunday and Wednesday. Get directions, service times, and much more at gracechurchva.org. That's our time for today. Join us weekdays at this time for the teaching ministry of Dr. Derek Greer. And remember, until next time, Live big.
0: God wants you to live a life bigger than yourself, inspired by the vision he has for you. Sometimes we get stuck on our journey. We know something needs to change, but we don't know what or how. The question we must ask ourselves is, how do I break free from these limitations? To help you identify where you are on your journey to living big, Dr. Derek Greer has developed an assessment tool to reveal where you're stuck. Based on your individual results, this tool will identify the barriers keeping you from moving forward. Once you complete this free assessment, you'll be able to claim free a copy of Dr. Greer's brand new book, 120 Minutes to Live To get started, visit canilivebig.com today.